0: Today on City Cash Chicago, the results are in and we know which two candidates for mayor will face each other in a runoff in April. We're breaking that down, plus the automatic races that have been decided and which ones are still up in the air. It's Wednesday, March 1st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. I'm here with lead producer Carrie Shepard and producer Simone Alisea. It is 6 a.m. If you want more detailed election results, head over to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. But first, a runoff. Uh, Chicago has a two round system and has had it since 1999, meaning if a candidate for mayor doesn't Get at least 50 percent of the vote. We head to another runoff between the top two vote getters. And in this election, that was former CPS CEO Paul Vallis, who took the top spot with 34 percent of the vote, followed by Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, who ran second at 20 percent of the vote. Oh, my God. Lead producer, Carrie Shepard, we've been talking about this for months. Are you shocked that we are in a runoff?
1: I am not shocked that we are in a runoff, Jacoby. Um, I am also one of the people who's not totally shocked um, that it is Vallis and Brandon Johnson who super surged in the last couple of weeks here. Um, you know, I guess. I'll be frank, I didn't think the incumbent Lori Lightfoot would be third. I thought maybe U.S. Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia would come in third. Uh, but Vallis, you know, doubled Lightfoot's votes. And she conceded fairly early-ish last night, if I recall. So, which seemed like the the yeah, right I, noble I, I thing to do. I didn't expect
0: do. her to come out that I early. I didn't
1: either. I didn't either. But not surprised on the runoff, No.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I said, we've had this system since 1999, and it's become more common, right? 2015, 2019, and now 2023, uh, and we're headed back to another runoff. Simone, can you break down what did voter turnout numbers looked like yesterday?
2: Yeah, voter turnout looked pretty in line with what we've seen the past few uh, uh, mayoral elections. Um, you know, as of last night, we had about... 32% turnout across the city, but there are still some 90 more than 97,000 mail ballots that still need to be counted. So some of these numbers that we're going to talk about today, they're going to shift a little bit as those returns get counted over the next week. Um in the the ward with the highest turnout was the 19th ward on the southwest side, sort of Beverly Mount Greenwood area. They had over 55% turnout. Wow. There the ward with the lowest Uh, Turnout was the 16th ward, which is sort of West Englewood, Chicago line, had just 19% turnout in that area. That is also in line with what we've seen in previous elections. It's tough to do it like an apples to apples ward comparison because of redistricting, but very similar uh, numbers, same Same high and low areas of voter turnout in 2019 as well.
0: When the dust settled on the midterm election, so much of the focus was on Lightfoot versus Garcia, right? Just a few months later, and now we're looking at Vallis versus Johnson, which to me I think is a really important thing for people to pay attention to because— like in 2019, Vallis only got 5% of the vote and Brandon Johnson wasn't even on people's radar. And now they're going to be facing off to be the next mayor of Chicago. Carrie, can you tell us a little bit more about Paul Vallis?
1: Sure. Jacoby Vallis, um, it's, a, it's a good point that you mentioned because he has been a somewhat of a, a perennial candidate, maybe not on the Willie Wilson scale. But he he has run for several offices and Chicago mayor would actually be his first elected Office if he's to win in April. He, um, in Chicago, we know him mostly as someone who ran CPS. He was a CPS CEO um, in the mid 90s and then went on to run other school districts across the country. Um, real quick, I, you know, we'll, we've talked about this on, on the show before. He really became the quote unquote law and order candidate. His, you know, if you saw his speech last night, it's, you know, his banner was Paul Vallis, public safety, public safety, public safety. It was all about Chicago keeping Chicago safe. And that was actually one of the first things he said in his speech. Let's take a listen.
3: Public safety is the fundamental right of every American. It is a civil right. And it is the principal responsibility of government. And we will have a safe Chicago. We will make Chicago the safest city in America. And it will not only come from providing the police with the resources and the support they need, but from building the bond between the police department and the community. So we have true community policing in the greatest sense of the word.
1: So that's Paul Vallis, who really became the law and order candidate. Um, But actually last night in his uh, somewhat acceptance speech, acceptance of the runoff, he really was trying to stress that he has been a quote unquote lifelong Democrat because that was what Brandon Johnson as a progressive and a lot of the other candidates were um, coming after in the campaign is saying that. Paul Vallis isn't a true Democrat. So that was uh, something he was trying to send a message to uh, all the voters uh, last night, Paul Vallis.
0: Yeah, He's constantly been remarked as like a Republican in Democrats clothing. Uh, so I'm interested to see how Johnson right. sort of uh, focuses in on that that line of rhetoric, because, again, right now he's only Vallis is only what, 16 percent away uh, in terms of uh, percentage of the vote. Uh, and I, I imagine he's going to soak up some of those possibly Willie Wilson voters. Um, Simone, can you tell us a little bit about Brandon Johnson? Because, again, when we were having this conversation three months ago. I think most people thought it was a foregone conclusion that Brandon Johnson would, you know, get some of that progressive vote, had it, having secured early endorsements Uh but I don't think a lot of people saw saw this from, from Brandon. Josh, can you tell us a little bit more about who the Cook County Commissioner is?
2: Yeah, very impressive run. Uh, Cook County Commissioner, as you mentioned, a former teacher. And I think when he first entered the race, you know, one of the lesser known names. But he got the endorsement and the financial backing of the Chicago's Teachers Union, um, which that, that that was huge for him and and really kind of propelled him to – become the progressive candidate in a race where a lot of candidates were kind of vying for that position and he emerged as that as that person um you know sort of policy-wise has been an advocate for things like treatment not trauma you know op- reopening mental health clinics uh finding alternatives to uh policing in terms of violence prevention um and things like that uh in his speech Johnson sort of talked about being like a change maker for Chicago, he really is trying to paint this this vision of Chicago that is, you know, where everyone's got affordable housing, where where people feel safe, and and has this 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 big vision for what Chicago would look like.
3: We get to turn the page of the politics of old because with our voices and our votes, we've come together as one city to say that we deserve a Chicago that is better. Stronger, safer for everyone. No matter where you live, no matter where you look, what you look like, you deserve to have a better, stronger, safer Chicago. Whether you live in Jefferson Park or Morgan Park, or McKinley Park or Gage Park or Humble Park, you deserve a better, stronger, safer Chicago. A city where you can thrive, regardless of who you love or how much money you have in your bank account. A city that respects the workers who keep it running, that actually values them by building new affordable housing.
0: Interesting that when we were doing our sort of setup, we kind of talked about a versus Johnson because seemingly it, it seems like the most two polar opposite candidates coming out of that sort of crop of four front runners. And now that we've gone from nine to two, we're expecting to hear some big names who have been quiet so far. will speak up. Uh, Kerry, who do you want to hear from now? And do you expect one, a ton of new money to flood into the field, a ton of new mm-hmm. endorsements? And what do you expect uh, that that impact uh, will have between Vallis and Johnson?
1: Yeah, I, um... I wanted to hear going into last night, I want to hear kind of how the big uh, Democrat heavy hitters. So we're talking Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, who um, famously did not have the best relationship with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Um, I wanted to hear. But is an important relationship. Let's remember that the governor and the mayor work together very, very closely and will continue to, especially with the casino coming to Chicago. Um, I want to hear from Cook County uh, President. Tony Preckwinkle, a leader in the Democratic Party who actually pushed uh, Lori Lightfoot into a runoff in 2019. But this is the question that you 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 guys alluded to this already. It's to see where these other seven candidates, where are their voters going to go? So we've got our Chewy Garcia voters. Are those we assume those are sort of the the second tier progressives? Are those automatically going to go to Brandon Johnson? But Willie Wilson, very conservative rhetoric on the campaign trail. Do those go to Vallis? And also, you know, I don't know, Lightfoot's where do some of Lightfoot's, you know, voters, where are they going to fall? So I'm really interested to see who this other seven candidates are going to endorse and then push their voters, the votes they got um, into one of these two candidates.
0: Yeah. At the time of us recording this, you know, Mayor Life has secured eighty seven thousand votes. Uh, Congressman Garcia secured seventy thousand and Willie Wilson close to about fifty thousand votes. Uh, and, and so when you take those numbers into account, you know, just between those three candidates, the, wherever their voters choose to go, uh, will sort of make or break the runoff for, uh, you know, the next mayor of Chicago. Are you self conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with aligner experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, aligner experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions, With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting-edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Simone, again, we've we've heard so much from from Paul Vallis throughout this, who is who is really stamped public safety as his go to issue, the thing he's hanging his hat on. Whereas even just over the last few weeks, we've seen Brandon Johnson making the rounds, getting endorsements from folks like Anjanette Young, from artists in Chicago, from from major unions. But do you think we'll learn anything new over the next five weeks from either Vallis or Johnson or is just this their opportunity uh, to, tr- uh, to sort of, uh, you know, further cement the-, the platform that they've built to this point? I-,
2: I think it'll be a really interesting question to watch of how how hmm. much uh, do we see? tactics change in an effort to get those votes that Kerry talked about, in an effort to get those Chewy votes, to get those Lightfoot votes, to get those Wilson voters. Um, you know, it's it's worth noting that in the last two runoffs, the first round leading candidate won the election. In 2019, Lightfoot went from seven, getting 17% of the vote in the first round to 73% in the runoff. Um, and so that but then again, we've only ever had two runoff elections, so who knows if those numbers will will, will hold? Um, I, you know, I think w- what is that that sort of battle for the middle ground in Chicago um, is going to be sort of the the big thing to watch in in this race. Yeah,
0: I. I'm interested to see Paul Vallis just listening to his speech yesterday sort of try and pull back a little Mm -hmm. bit while Johnson tries to go harder and harder, uh, painting Vallis' time as a CPS CEO as a failure. And I imagine Vallis will push back and say, you know, if Johnson is mayor, CTU is going to be running the fifth floor at City Hall. And so people have painted this as the FOP versus the CTU. And that is extremely reductive. But, you know, those are two of the most powerful unions in our city. And they both have made their decisions at this point on who they support. Uh, so the next five weeks will be a lot of you love the police and you want to defund the police uh, going back and forth from the two. Uh, and, and we'll see how that plays out. And
2: also anything could happen between now and April 6th, too. I just want to say like some big event could happen. Something crazy could happen on the CTA. Some things we could have some some natural you know crazy blizzard who knows what will happen between us? Oh, Simone don't, don't
0: even put it out there <laughs> why would, why would just you saying. say such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> now we just need transition music to cleanse the palate <laughs> In addition to voting for mayor, we obviously had to choose the the 50 individuals who will make up our city council uh, moving forward. We will not cover every single aldermanic race from last night. Again, head over to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, where Sydney Madden has been working tirelessly to bring you the most detailed and up-to-date election coverage. Uh, Kerry, I want to start with the first war, though. Uh, can you tell us who is in the runoff uh, coming out of the first?
1: Sure. So um, going into the runoff is the incumbent Daniel Espada. He is part of the he's a progressive part of the Democratic Socialist Caucus in city council, and he is just below the 50 uh, percent threshold. So he's going to face attorney Sam Royko in the runoff. Royko, a Westtown candidate who really talked a lot about crime in the neighborhood and said that he got into the race after his girlfriend was carjacked in their neighborhood.
0: You know, we had out of the the fifty elections, fourteen of them uh for city council are headed to a runoff. Uh most incumbents were safe. Um it, it is important to note that Three of the four uh, Lori Lightfoot appointees are headed uh, to runoffs and only um, three uh, incumbents uh, outside of that group are are headed to runoffs as well. Um, Over in my neighborhood uh, of the fourth ward, again, Sophia King running for mayor. We knew we were going to have a new alder person. And I, I was a little shocked last night. Illinois State Representative Lamont Robinson carried a ton of high profile endorsements into the election and did just enough to secure a spot in the runoff against Princess Butler, uh, the chief of staff of former Alder Sophia King, or the soon-to-be former Alder Sophia King. Uh, Lamar Robinson got about 47% of the vote, and Butler about 15% of the vote. Um, So I'm interested to see where that goes. Over just a few blocks uh, south in the Fifth Ward, Desmond Yancey and Martina Tina Hone have emerged as the top vote-getters, among the nine others vying for retiring Alderman Leslie Harrison's long-held seat and the home of the future obama presidential center uh so they have just about 30 days to rally their neighbors and uh yancey got about 26 percent of the vote while home got about 18 percent so it still feels like it's anyone's race in the in the fifth uh but i did want to um totally uh shine a little bit of light on the 14th war uh, so much attention has been uh focused on there because ed burke was the alder person for Fifty four years. Uh, but that ward has changed over time. And now, Halu Gutierrez will become the first new alder in this ward in half a century. Uh, and Gutierrez had the backing of former congressman or uh, of Congressman Chuy Garcia, as well as former House Speaker Mike Madigan. Um, and so there is a, a new day in the 14th Ward. Uh, Simone, let's stay south, even though we're going to move further southeast. Ketos um, was happening in the 10th Ward.
2: Yeah. As you said, far southeast side, sort of hedgewish east side, south deering area. This is an open race. um, And so unsurprisingly, we're going to see a runoff there. Uh, Peter Chico uh, came and as the top vote vote getter with 41%. He's a police officer who is running on a platform of public safety. And then Ana Guajardo uh, came in second place with 27% of the vote. She has been endorsed by Chewy Garcia, and the outgoing older woman, uh, Susan Sadlowski-Garza. Um, so interested to see what happens in this ward where there are a lot of uh, environmental issues, um, among uh, among other things at play here.
1: Just it's worth noting, too, that both with the 14th and the 10th, these are majority Latino wards now that are seeing representation by latinos this was a big thing in the 14th with burke like this has long been a majority latino ward but it had been controlled by burke so you know maybe the changing tides and representation and there.
0: the 14th ward is on the the far southwest Correct.
1: side and then
2: moving up a little bit into the 11th ward one of those wards you mentioned jacoby where we have a lightfoot appointee um headed to a runoff this is sort of bridgeport chinatown uh area alderwoman nicole lee um is separated by just 17 votes. Whoa. <laughs> from challenger Anthony Sierra Vino, um, who is a police instructor. Talk about
0: your vote matters.
2: Yeah, you, if you are an 11th ward voter, really, really, really made a difference. They are they were neck and neck uh, in, in this race, um, and uh, Nicole Lee uh, came in. She she was appointed last year, and she also came in with the endorsement of former Mayor Richard M. Daly, the 11th ward. Uh, you know, historically, uh, the seat of power for the Daly family. Um, so we'll and and now the fir- the city's only Asian majority ward, and so that is also a changing ward, changing leadership. Uh, as well, so we'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah,
0: I just wanted to add my geographic details. The fourth ward, my ward, is the High Park Kenwood neighborhood. Um kind of shoots up a little bit towards towards Bronzeville, the Fifth War, Woodlawn, uh, South Shore, Greater Grand Crossing on the sort of southeast side. Uh, and then the Fourteenth War, now a majority Latino war, is on the southwest side. Um, again... All of the aldermanic candidates who were appointed by Lori Lightfoot are headed to a runoff, except in the 12th Ward, where Abarca was defeated uh, by Julia Ramirez. Again, this is a southwest side war, but uh, Timmy Knutson on the north side, Monique Scott on the west side, and Nicole Lee, as Simone just mentioned, all headed to a uh, a runoff. Um, This is one of those, uh, the 12th Ward is one of the races we talked about, uh Specifically because Julia Ramirez didn't seek to get that uh, appointee from Mayor Lori life but wanted to keep her distance uh, from the incumbent and seems to have paid off because she 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 won uh, in, in the 12th war while all of the other automatic appointees are uh, are facing some some stiff competition. Uh, Carrie, I want to kick it back to you. You want to update us on the 26th and the 34th.
1: Sure. So 26 um is actually right right next to me. I kind of my former ward before the remap. This was long held by Roberto Roberto Maldonado. Um, And so this would be, you know, Humble Park, Logan Square, I think probably curves a little bit maybe up into Belmont Cregan. So these are northwest side Latino neighborhoods that have been changing, changing over, you know, recent decades. Maldonado gave his endorsement to uh, activists uh, Jesse Fuentes. Um, and Jesse Fuentes has really made keeping families in their homes, in those neighborhoods, um, affordable housing. She really made that a central part of her campaign. 34th is like, wow, like such a example of how the ward remap <laughs> changes our city. This was a far south side ward held by powerful alderman Kerry Austin. Now it's Westloop Greek town area so it's like what is the rhyme or reason on that well that's a whole nother conversation about politics at play um and that is uh Bill Conway who's a former prosecutor he ha- he came in with a lot of money in that race against a commercial real estate developer uh he he beat him and yeah it's so he is so that's Bill Conway in the 34th in a area with a ton of development and I think an important word to watch because this is really one of the only like contested uh, races in the loop area, which is going to be a big point that both the candidates are going to talk about. Bring business back to the loop. The loop is important. It's central to our city. so. That's uh, an interesting one to watch going forward.
0: From the near west side to the northwest side, the last war we're going to check in on. Uh, I feel like we've been talking about this war since City Cash Chicago came into existence. <laughs> What's going on in the Jefferson Park area or the 45th Ward, Simone?
2: Yeah, I, the reason the reason we've been talking about this is because uh, the incumbent alderman, Jim Gardner, has uh, just been faced a a slew of controversies, allegations of everything from bribery to retaliation to uh, harassment. Um, But despite those allegations, uh, he performed really, really well. Um, He got 49 percent of the vote. He's that means he's still headed to a runoff against uh, attorney Megan Matthias. You know, this race, there were several challengers in this race who who really wanted to like bring the ward together and sort of, you know, very much trying to use Gardner's um, record and some of these issues against him. Uh, we will be interesting to see in a head to head contest if that plays out a little more and we're not splitting the vote across, you know, five challengers, maybe if if that comes across more or it's possible uh, Gardner keeps his job. Um it, you know, he really, really strong showing from Gardner uh, last night. So, uh, you know, anything could anything could happen there, too. Yeah,
0: going in, I assumed, was definitely the most vulnerable. And yet it's a reminder, if you know your ward, if you know your constituency, you know, then then, then you can hang on and, and you can stay in office. What
1: looks vulnerable to the rest of us is different than if you live there, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, and it's also worth noting that the 45th Ward it, in redistricting um, was remapped to include more parts of the very far northwest side, uh, sort of uh, Norwood Park, Forest Glen. Those areas do lean a little more conservative. Um, and so that also might have helped Gardner in this. Definitely.
0: Uh The the last thing that was on our ballot was the newly created police district councils. Quick reminder, each of Chicago's 22 police districts will get a three-person civilian oversight council made up of people from that community for a total of 66 around the city. The hope is they will assert more civilian influence over Chicago Police Department through policy and personnel recommendations, nominate members of the Community Commission on Public Safety and Accountability, and host meetings directly with the community. This is a new office. Over 100 people were running. You can head to Hey Chicago at chicago.citycast.fm to get some more detailed information in neighborhoods like Austin, Englewood, up in Rogers Park. But we will also drop links for you to get the full slate of candidates um, who were elected to this new body. And, and hopefully, um, they will be able to bring, uh, you know, just a stronger sense of oversight, uh, which people have been fighting for in our city for, for decades and decades. Um, I want to thank producer Simone Alisea and lead producer Carrie Shepherd uh, for breaking down these election results this early in the morning Uh, if you ever wondered how committed we were uh to to our city uh let this be an example uh as we've been reminding you head over to chicago.citycast.fm to read our hey chicago uh that has even more info about the election another five weeks of winter i mean another (laughs) five weeks of the election are ahead of us uh I wish you both good luck in this runoff season.
1: Hey, man, we're in it together. We got this. We got this. (laughs) Thanks, Jacoby. I'm excited. I didn't know what you guys were talking about. I'm excited.
0: Before I let you go, some good news to get you through. One of Chicago's newest art galleries, Cherry Mountain Arts, is hosting a family day this Saturday, March 4th, from 12 to 5 p.m. They'll have live coloring books, a reading nook for children, as well as a short film station. Uh, Stop by Cherry Mountain Arts is located in Westtown. As always, we appreciate you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. Peace. (laughs)
1: City politics, city elections, way better, way more fun.